This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by True Car. Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. All right, we're live. It's 3.30 Eastern Time here in Tampa, Florida. I'm Dave Villa. Good afternoon. I'm Tommy Elwell. You may know me from my many uh, off-Broadway works. Or maybe not. I like when you were in Cats. That was off-Broadway. Off yeah, that was actually, it was, it was actually Stray Cats. And it was, it was kind of a, it was a kind of weird, kind of artsy. Not my best work. But, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? You're growing the beard out for your next... Uh, <clears throat> Your next one, huh? Next scene, your next. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going out for the whiz. I'm going to try to be the lion with uh, without any kind of makeup. Cool. I'm just going to take off my shirt, <laughs> let her rip. Please no. I didn't say for this. <laughs> he said the. He said when he takes a whiz. Have you said the whiz? The whiz. You notice on the screen your tweets are popping up as we speak. So get on Twitter, tweet us live using the hashtag that's right there on the screen, here. Yeah. Right there. Hashtag, hashtag auto deal live. <laughs> hashtag auto deal live. Right there. Where is it? Right. Do it, do it, Mike. There. There it is. Right there. Good job, And Mike. that is uh, auto dealer live. And um, we're going to be uh, giving away. Listen, people have been asking what this hat is right here. You know what uh, I'm what saying? What is that hat, Dave? What well, is that hat right it's here? Got guy's I'm going to jack myself and... all up here. I'm going to do this. I can't believe it. Uh, so can, you can hear me and they can hear me. See, my hair's all messed up. Look, that's, that's the Serial Sales Pro hat, baby. Serial Sales Pro hat. Look at that. Serial It's my training platform that we use. Uh, It's not automotive. Matter of fact, most of the people that are using it are not automotive. So um, how many know that we in the automotive industry have a lot to offer to other industries? Because, uh, you know, we've been doing some stuff here, man. But if you want a hat, tweet us. Get on Twitter. We're going to give the tweeter leader today this hat. It's really cool. It's, it's, uh, It's, I think it's awesome. I get asked about cool. it all the time, and uh, people stop me. People that don't even, like, I have somebody ask me, like, hey, man, that's a cool hat. What is, what is that? And so, I don't know. It's kind of cool. And guess what? What's that? Signed up for three months worth of Cero Sales, bro. Right on the spot. Didn't even mm. know what it was. Didn't even know what it was. He was, he was. he was like, all right, well, you want fries with that? After he was done. He literally was sold right out of his pants. It's pretty awesome. What's that's, today's show, Dave Villa? What are we? Um, well, t- today's the day of reckoning. Oh. That's kind of like, you know, man, that's kind of deep. Isn't it? I mean, it's kind of like a little bit like the day of wreck, the day of reckoning. You know, I uh, I, I actually <laughs> looked up some here. Let me look up some of those. I looked. I, I pulled up some some uh, right. some tombstone quotes, and one of the ones when I when I heard reckoning, I immediately thought I, I thought I thought of the one uh, Doc Holliday said where he said he's uh, there. They just had the fight at the river. Mm-hmm. What's his name died. The leader uh, guy. He got shot. He was like, well, he's like he's gonna walk across water next to that part, right? And then mm-hmm. he said. He said, "Make no mistake. This is my this is my. Hold on. Let me see if I can do it. 
I gotta pretend I got tuberculosis. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Um, make no mistake, it's not revenge he's after. It's the reckoning. It's the reckoning. That's that's a little Doc Holiday right there. That move, that, <laughs> that gave you chills if I did it right. There was no chills. Shut up. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking to people out there. Is they it, got chills. You don't get chills because you've got no a freaking beanie. There was no Doc Holiday. It's 88 <laughs> degrees in Florida. you got a beanie and a hoodie on. Yeah, but that's because Dave keeps the office at 70 degrees. That's a millennial. Hey, man. Well, listen, if, 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 if we look like someone just walked over your grave, then today is the day of reckoning, baby, huh? Oh, Johnny Ringo, I Little apologize. Ringo. I forgot you were there. You may go now. <laughs> yeah. you, may, you may go. Mm. Proceed, sir. Proceed. You know what, That's Dave? a good movie. I'm going to throw something out there. My own personal, I'll send somebody a $10 gift card for the funniest blank and chill hashtag they use on the show today using hashtag auto deal live. Blank Funniest one you can come up with. Blank. Give an example that wouldn't be. So we have Netflix and chill. That mm-hmm. has become the new yeah, thing. That's right. not really new anymore. So Thank I want to give somebody the chance to come up with a funny one to go with it. So blank okay. and chill. Cool. Doc Holiday and chill. All right. Oh, don't, don't give Killing them too many. zombies and chill. All right. That's enough. They can figure it out. There. And so. we're going to post them right on the screen there. So as you tweet today, we're doing our best for our social media team that's out in the uh, other room. They're doing their best to get them up on the screen so you can see it. Tweet live, hashtag auto dealer live, and uh, some really cool stuff's happening next week. I don't want to, I'm going to say it. Mike's going to slap me, you know, or not slap me, but, you know, he's going to want to slap me inside. And, uh, and, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway because here, he didn't confirm this. This is actually to the best of his uh, recollection, and uh, he knows not to tell me those types of things, especially one minute before we go live. But it looks like the Wirecast, the system that we use to broadcast. Uh, that Mike and Ezra and the team do such a great job on is going to now be able to uh, integrate with Facebook Live. So in addition to broadcasting on autotainmentnetwork.com, autodealerlive.net, of course, we drop this every week on Blog Talk Radio, which is audio. We drop it on Stitcher, and it's available for download on iTunes. In addition to that, starting next week, we will be uh, live broadcasting here in the studio, just like you see it right now on Facebook through Facebook Live. So that's pretty cool as well. So uh, we're excited about that. And uh, listen, uh, you're in for an amazing show, Tommy. The Day of Reckoning. So, what is it about? We've got some great guests on today. We're not going to be talking about Tombstone and uh, Sam Elliott with his uh, freaking cookie duster mustache. Damn it, Wyatt! <laughs> that was better. That was kind of like a Yosemite Sam meets Sam well, that's Elliott. The, that's the part where he got he's like, like, like why you asking it, Wabbit? <laughs> oh, why? Why'd you get us into this? Why you what you asking it? That's like your Sam. Down, Josh, sorry. Huh? Josh told me to put my phone down. Put your phone down. Put, my phone. put your phone down. All right, so here, back to the show. We're going to go to commercial break in just a minute. Um, if you don't like Tommy and I doing this for 10 minutes, hey, I'm sorry. You know what? Then start watching it at 340. There you go. But for 10 minutes, you know, this is just what we get to do to kind of like, you know, prepare for the, uh, the, the bringing the reckoning. it. The bringing it. We've got Tony D. Matt Lasco, John Giamavalvo. With Equifax, Vice President Dealer Services at Equifax. We have Don O'Neill, Candace Crane, TJ Stewart. He's the uh, uh, account director at Cars Direct, Shaka Dyson, and Danny Benitez. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing show. You don't want to miss it. It's off the chain. And it's starting right here. Up next, the next up. The next up is what? The next up is the first panel on the Day of Reckoning. Day of Reckoning. What? You ask it, you it. One for each of you. With rising competition and shrinking profit margins, 
You need every resource available to help you succeed. TrueCar has the ability to be the most powerful tool in your arsenal. Go with the pros who know. Your dealership wouldn't trust its vehicles in the hands of an uncertified technician. So why trust its finances with accounting firms that don't know your business? Rosenfield & Company knows the automotive industry and has been serving dealerships like yours for over 20 years. We take pride in helping our clients grow from single point stores to some of the largest dealer groups in the country. We are more than just your accountants. Our team can guide you through mergers and acquisitions, operational reviews, succession planning, and more. Visit us on the web for more information at www.rosenfieldandco.com. Jason Rice from Lapop, and let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on, trend reports, we look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com and our weekly video tips at IncreasedTurn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself, your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first class trainers, the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. This is your Service Group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to I'm excited about the future of TrueCar, and I hope you are too. As we evolve our product and service, 
We'll keep listening to dealers and making even more enhancements based on your ongoing feedback. We're back. We're back. And the next up, without further ado, we have an outstanding first panel here. As the next up on Auto Dealer Live's Day of Reckoning, we have uh, John. I'm going to hopefully not masquer his name here. We've got to say it. So, Tommy, you're a nice Italian. Say it, baby. Giamalvo. Giamalvo. Don O'Neill. First of all, John. Giamalvo. Is the vice president of dealer services at Equifax. Then we have Tony D., the director of F&I training for American Financial. And uh, Tony, you're not that. Not, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. If we do that one more stinking time, we the do? guy's a freaking sponsor. The service group, the service group, Tony D. Matt Lasty, I caught, I caught that really quick, Tony. Tony D is on the show. We have Matt Lasco, vice president of Lasco Ford and Lasco of Grand Blank. He is uh, with us, joining us via Texas. Uh, he's over in Austin, but he is from Michigan. His stores are in Michigan. And then we have Don O'Neill, general manager, managing partner of Credit Miner. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today uh, on panel one for the Day of Reckoning. And I'm going to go ahead and just jump in here and give Don O'Neill the first question because, Don, you, you're responsible for the title and uh, the title and, and, and the subject matter for that matter. But you talk a lot lately about the Day of Reckoning, Don, and, and I know you have been in the car business for a long time. And uh, you're a, for, a, a former finance dog as well. You know a lot about this. And I think we've assembled a pretty good panel today to discuss this. W- what does this mean? What does the Day of Reckoning mean? What do you mean when you're talking about this for the last, uh, for the last short time here? So, first of all, thanks for having me on, Dave. Love the show. And it's always pleasant and always fun to be on, especially with a great panel like this. Um, I can tell you that for us, what we look at in the marketplace is what's driving the dealer and what's driving sales. And I think there's two stages to a day of reckoning. The first stage is, is that for the last few years, dealers have been pushing forward their trade cycle at a really, really scary rate. What I mean by that is, is that, you know, everyone has noticed that data mining is, is it's an obviously a great opportunity for sales. Uh, but I think a lot of dealers have handled that data mining irresponsibly and not taken a long-term approach to it which means that they, in some instances they push their trade cycle and disrupted their trade cycle not once but two times within what would be a normal trade cycle of their customers. The even bigger issue, I believe, is the fact that we have an alarming trend happening, which is refinancing after purchase. <clears throat> and it's not the fault of the consumer. I'm going to start with that. Um, it's, the fault, it's our fault. It's our fault as dealers. It's our fault as F&I managers. Uh, it's our fault as operators that we're not engaging and collaborating with the consumer. And I think a lot of times dealers will, some dealers will say that word collaboration or engagement means giving up growth and it doesn't. To me, it's the converse. And when you engage and you collaborate, you hold more growth. But the problem is is you have consumers that are going into F&I offices that haven't been part of the decision-making process of, number one, where their loan is situated, what bank it's with. Um, they're simply explaining term and payment. And oftentimes they leave the dealership never even having heard of the bank 
that their loan is processed with. And so when you see a trend where you go from 46 to 4.8% of post-transactional refinancing in 2009 <clears throat> to over 20% in 2015, that's an alarming rate. And here's what I'll tell all the dealers. They're not check writers. Okay, already baked into the cake of the 17.5% to 17.8%, give or take the month that we're in, of people who walk in with a credit union check already in hand when they buy a car. So, you know, we've already seen contraction in profit from the front-end growth side of it, and I think we've seen an alarming trend of contraction of profit on the back end of growth, that if dealers don't get their arms around this problem, there will be a day of reckoning. And at the end of the day, it's all about engaging the consumer and collaborating with them in the process and, and letting them feel like part of this is their decision, but really collaborating with on their financing options. And we do that by, you know, hopefully bringing finance to the front of the transaction, building transparency and trust with the consumer, and becoming a viable finance option, not just to drive away in the car, but to continue servicing that loan and to keep them in that finance transaction until hopefully we sell them their next vehicle. I'm going to let Matt Matt jump in. And, Matt, I know uh, – thank you, by the way, for, for being with us. I know you, you flew to Texas yesterday. You are there for a couple of days, and you're out of the stores. Um, and, and I know you're, you're the general manager and, of course, vice president, um, partner of the stores, um, your family stores for a long time. But you're, you're a great car guy, so I know you're, your hands are wrapped around everything. And you said something you always do. You've been on the show for, from day one, four years ago, uh, and you said, hey, I'm, I'm always not only willing to contribute, but I love learning and hearing and growing, and that's what makes you so great. But when you think of this, I mean, what, what's your thoughts? A, you want to be compliant, Matt, but when you think about possibly – the, is it is it fearful to a dealer to think about hey putting putting changing this process up like Don just mentioned you know I mean maybe reversing this and bringing the finance to the front of the process I mean what's your thoughts on that and then maybe comment on what you heard Don say Matt in general well I, I mean uh, as a dealer you can look at uh, yourself as short term or long term and if you're going to be a long term dealer then Don's not wrong when it comes to really trying to position your customer the best you can so that you can sell future sales. You might sell them one or two real big profitable deals, but if you want to sell them five or six, you're going to have to position the deal properly. Um, we've kind of already worked into that direction when it comes to, to talking financing up front. Um, I mean, part of our interview process talks about their current loan, the current banks they use, whether they're with credit unions, et cetera. And it's not just to, to keep the financing with us, but it's also to find the best way to get the, the smoothest approval for a client. Um, so I can understand it. I, I will say that, that I think the manufacturers are part of the reason we're seeing some of this because they've done these uh, large captive tied rebates to a lot of new car deals. And they, the consumer that knows they can get the 1.9s and the 2.2s to their credit unions are being coached either by themselves or by the, the, the dealer to take advantage of this extra one or $2,000 in rebates finance it through this captive lender that we have, and then refinance it down the road. Uh, in a way, that's not a bad thing for the client. It does take you away from the ability to really track your customer and their equity position. Um, and, and I guess Don, will, you know, he's got solutions via Equifax that, that lets dealers stay within touch of that person that does uh, jump. And we do see the same thing. Clients are definitely refinancing. Mm -hmm. We're seeing uh, cancellation mm -hmm. of products sooner. Um, we're seeing uh, refinance through another lender and then get their gap insurance through their insurance company. Um, so there are some factors out there that are going to cost a dealer money if they're not paying attention to it. 
Does anyone else want to, does anyone want to piggyback off what Matt just said? We got Tony and John here. John, I know you're here with Equifax, and I mean, what's Equifax's position, you know, on client? Uh, compliant use of promotional bureau products. I mean, what's your, you know, obviously you heard Matt as a dealer and you heard Don obviously that works with you, John, and, you know, and it's kind of the bridging the gap here. But I mean, Matt, Matt said, you know, put it out there, but then also was quickly to bring up, you know, the need for solutions. I think the dealers, if they're presented palatably, you know, I don't know if that's a word, palatable is a word, palatably. Yeah, you know, if if they're presented the solution, uh, you know, in a palatable way, we're it's like shoving robotussins down some someone's throat. Maybe they would embrace it. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think our position at Equifax as the repository for the consumer's credit data. Um, if a consumer is calling on us on a consumer-initiated uh, pre-qualification, um, we certainly want to empower that consumer with their own credit data as best as we can. Um, and on the other side, you know, I think Don brings up a, a, an excellent point in terms of the refinance side of it. Um, uh, ultimately, I think we might want to take a look at and see what the retention rates are for customers who do refinance. Will they be going back to that uh, dealership? Uh, to Matt's uh, point, however, if the consumer is refied uh, because of a cash rebate with captive and is refied after the fact just to capture that uh, amount of cash rebate, that might be a stickier customer. So I certainly think, especially when we start to reach critical mass that Don mentioned, um, it's something that you know we want to be aware of uh, the data as the you know repository for the credit data as these these inquiries are posted to the file and in, in you know at the end of it when the loan is originated and certainly we want to also be able to continue to empower the consumer and the dealer with the with the data needed to to power those solutions whether they're for loan origination or for refinance. Interesting. Hey Tony, now you can you can uh, you can either piggyback off at what the, what these gents said, or you, I actually had a question for you directly. So, when it comes to dealer F and I, uh, what can a dealer do to change the? I'm gonna say trajectory. I'm gonna say it, the trajectory <laughs> of the refinancing trend. Mm. What do you feel about that? Well, well, there's a lot of things that can be done at the dealership level. Uh, first of all, we're big advocates here at the Academy of Service Group of all dealerships having a fair credit policy and putting that into play. And we've seen statistics over the years where the more money that a dealership makes in that finance reserve, the higher the likelihood of a chargeback. So when dealers are looking, and we're starting to see this, we've seen this trend over the past few years, the dealers who are putting more focus on product sales as opposed to finance reserve, they're not seeing the chargebacks. Now, to link this all together with some of the data mining and the trade cycle and longer-term loans, um, what Ford just came out with 2.9 or something like that, or, or, or some incentivized rate at 84 months, I understand Chrysler Capital is doing something very similar. When we're looking at dealerships that are utilizing data mining, pulling people out of cars and putting them into new vehicles, these customers are not shopping for an automobile. We are explaining the benefits of purchasing a new vehicle right here, right now, with utilizing the software, the information. Uh, and, and these people aren't necessarily shopping. One of the other benefits that seems to have completely exited out the automotive industry in modern day is talking to the customers about the, about the benefits of an initial investment, that cash money down. 
that initial investment gives them some great benefit. It helps them lower payments. It helps them build equity. It helps them have a faster trade cycle. But if these customers were never shopping at the get-go, we mine them, we brought them in, we put them into the market, we can talk about the benefits of purchasing a new vehicle, getting full factory warranty, the benefits of F&I products, but also the benefits of an initial investment. And this can help shorten up some time, put people in better positions. In addition to that, if we're maximizing out profitability in product sales as opposed to finance reserve, the chargebacks just go down into single digits and very, very low numbers very quickly. Let me throw this out there, too, and let one of you guys, I'll open it up to whoever wants to jump on it first, but this is from one of our dealers that just tweeted in, a dealer a dealer that listens, uh, general manager of a Kia store up in uh, PA. These guys are growing, and uh, he said chargebacks are not from refinancing, but too many dealers extending loans have people converting to leases. Anybody want to tackle that or maybe make a comment based on that? I think I a lot of it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You guys go ahead. Every, Everybody jumped on that one. <laughs> well, if they were in a purchase and then we flipped them into a lease, they're not going to refi their current vehicle into a lease. They're, they're not going to do that. But if they were in a purchase beforehand, we flipped them into a lease or there's benefits of a lease that the customer can take advantage of and, again, put them into that shorter-term trade cycle in one of the primary reasons for a lease, we still have F&I products and great profitability available to us. Once again, if we mind the customer, we put them into the market. Why would we work the lease on the incentivized lease? Too many dealerships instantaneously go to the incentivized lease when we're the ones presenting the benefits of the lease to the customer. We can utilize standard rates, still have extremely aggressive uh, pricing or, or monthly payments on a lease, and we're also seeing some very dynamic shifts in the, re- in the way that dealerships are offering leasing. Most dealerships are utilizing leasing as payment relief because the sales department put the customer on entirely too much automobile and they're trying to get them into a payment. Well, we're seeing a lot of dealerships who are allowing the customer to get themselves onto the right vehicle. Most customers are asking and figuring out their budget before they walk into a dealership. They know the right automobile. We're putting them on the right vehicle. So now the leasing may offer a little bit lower payment, but it allows them to flip the car more often. Well, if we want to put back into data mining, in mining the customers, they were in a purchase, we put them into a lease, we can still utilize incentivized rates. More importantly, we still have great F&I products available for the lease customer. Scheduled maintenance, uh, dent and ding, windshield, road hazard, chemical protection, lease guard, lease wear and tear. There's a lot of other opportunities available there. And again, it's the benefits of being able to flip the vehicle in and out faster, not just having a lower payment. That's my opinion on that one. Matt, I'll let, you, I'll let you weigh in, out. Matt. Did, was that you, Matt, that actually uh, commented as well? I think it was me, David. I'll, I'll tell you one of the things. I'll start off by saying I agree with everything that, that he just said, and, and I'll, I'll say a quote that my partner always says, and that is that sometimes the best deal we do is the one that we didn't close, right? And I think the problem that we've seen – and I think it's being corrected in our industry is we've been a shiny object industry, right? The next great thing comes out, it's a shiny nickel, we grab it, we run with it, we drop it, here's another shiny nickel. The problem with data mining, if it's done irresponsibly, is, yes, to the dealer's, to the, to the dealer's note, yeah, you do have cancelable contracts when you convert someone from a loan to a lease, but as we just heard, you initiated that transaction. 
And the problem is there's no analytical data that a dealer is utilizing to say, does this transaction make sense? Do I, am I pulling a customer out of a trade cycle where when they get out of warranty, do they normally spend three or $4,000 in service with me? Mm-hmm. Am I pulling someone out of cancelable contracts just to get an RDR? And it's, and it's because of that short-term, short-focused thinking. What I can say is, is that whether it's a lease or a loan product, one of the trends that, that is happening in the industry from the lender standpoint is, is that lenders are being pressured by multiple government agencies to start looking at auto loans kind of like we look at home loans now, and that is affordability. It's not just you know a DTI or a PTI. It's can this customer actually afford this car? And they're gonna, there's a trend and there's a push from a few government agencies, and I'm sure John's probably heard the same thing, um, that they're, gonna, they're looking to start requiring proof of income on everybody. You could be an 850, and they want to see POI because they want to know, can you actually afford this car? And so at the end of the day, it's so imperative to, to like, like, Matt, like Matt was saying, it's very refreshing to know there's a Lasco Ford and when the Lasco group out there that, that does treat customers this way, and they do to the front of the transaction, because it's, it's impossible for me to take you, if you fell in love with a $50,000 Ford truck, and walk you back into a $15,000 used vehicle, that's never going to happen. But if I'm interviewing you properly, if I'm utilizing tools that are available, such as pre-qualification, to allow the consumer to find out what it is they qualify for, you're doing that consumer such a better service and giving them such more of a pleasurable transaction. And more importantly, again, you don't see these long-term cancelable contracts. And I'm going to make one note to dealers as far as, you know, Matt had pointed out, if that, or, or I think it was Matt that said, you know, the higher the, the finance reserve, the, the, the lower, the higher the chance of chargeback. The reality is across the board in 2015, the average markup was 92 basis points for a franchise dealer on a new vehicle loan. And the reason being is because dealers don't want the reserve. They want product because product sticks. And at the end of the day, if I am a finance manager and I know that if I derive more than 25% of my gross profit from finance reserve, that means I'm not doing my job. What we tell our dealers that are involved in our process is if your FMI manager is doing their job and they're engaged in the presentation, he should never even worry about finance reserve because he's putting those contracts on the vehicle for the benefit of the consumer, collaborating with them on where the loan is placed, and those chargebacks fall through the floor instead of popping through the roof. And I can tell you, as a former GM, as a former F&I guy or a GSM Nothing hurts more than being sixty days being sixty days down the road and seeing a thirty five hundred dollar charge back hitting your CIT report. I mean, it doesn't, nothing stings more than that, and it's literally it's our own fault. Matt, let me go to you, and we got about seven, six, seven minutes here, so we're going to go to Matt and then go to John. I got a question for John here um, and, and as well with Equifax, but Matt, from from the dealer perspective as well. I mean, let's let's throw in. Because the second panel, we're going to be talking a little bit different twist on on F and I, kind of having some some discussions that uh, we've we've been having, uh, you know, continuing some things. But um, let's throw in secondary. Let's throw in. I mean, because we're talking compliance and we're talking, you know, we're talking Matt something that I feel like you got a great handle on. You guys are you guys are not only hammers up there. You know how to make money. Uh, you know, on, on uh, in the F and I side, but you're doing it right. You're doing it above board, and I know you personally. What with what you've been hearing, and with the question that came in from Chris Bennett and other GMs, I'm watching Twitter blow up. I know we have some Facebook discussions going on. Um, people are, are are weighing in on it, and dealers are saying, "Hey, just make the deal." You know, thinking about you know chargebacks, and if they're going to use service, and you know your business is going away. So a lot of these dealers are weighing in that way. What do you think? 
Well, I think there's a couple of factors there. Uh, number one, no one's brought up the fact that every single manufacturer has a lot of things tied to volume. And the, the dealer, the reason the dealer is writing that deal and doing a lease pull ahead or pulling someone out early, yes, it could affect some of those circumstances down the road, but in many cases, it's what keeping them in business. I, I know a Chrysler dealer that lives by the volume, and quite honestly, if they had three bad months, uh, a 20-year-old company would go out of business because there's that much cash tied to it. So those factors come into play. Now, here's the difference. If you're selling on volume, that means you're, in most cases, giving wonderful deals to your customers. Mm -hmm. So if you do a good job and develop the relationship and maintain them, they're also still able to actually enter the trade cycle earlier than most. So there's a balance between whether you can trade someone out because you put them out too soon or whether you put them into a wonderful equitable position and they can trade out sooner. When it comes to the subprime, David, mm -hmm. I think what gets missed is, 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 like they say, some deals you walk away from, Sometimes we rush to get a person out of their subprime car too soon. And mm. it is it sometimes started by the dealer reaching out to get them out early. Hey, I can lower your interest rate. But in the long run, we, we barely lower the interest rate. We end up making it a larger loan, and it's probably the last car we sell them for a real long time. So in our case, we really try to, I mean, we do subprime loans that might be a 480 credit score that I would rather take a very small front-end profit on and get the customer bought through a lender that might buy it at 11% instead of 25% because I yeah. know I can position them so much better in the future. So you do have to put away the, the, the greed wallet, and you have to think of your future. Uh, if you just go for the home runs, and in most cases that happens because the dealer isn't involved. The management teams, God bless you. I love every manager I have. I'm lucky I've got some that have been there 10 years. But in most dealerships, Every three years, there's a cycle between a GM, a GSM, a new car manager, et cetera. So they can't see five and eight years down the road. All they can see is the paycheck, the objection, the, uh, the job that they have to accomplish, and the bogeys their manufacturer puts on them. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things predicated to it. I will tell you this. I personally think that there's a million dealers that think they're going to get away with turning the blind's eye to very, very illegal activities with inside dealerships. I watch it every day, I hear about it every day, and no one's doing anything about it yet. But the government agencies everybody's bringing up is watching closer and closer and closer. And the whole idea of that there might be a no POI, to be honest, if I hear one of my managers say, hey, I got a no POI call, my red flag goes up. I want to know why I needed no POI. Because mm -hmm. if they got provable income and a payment they can afford, then why should I worry about whether it was no POI? Mm -hmm. So. If your dealership's one of those ones where you've got a lot of managers running around all the time going, hey, I got a no POI call and this guy that was a 510 score, you probably have some very illegal activity happening inside your dealership. And I hope that would be the tiny little bit that you get out of my conversation on the phone right now is yeah. managers, if you're out there, don't, don't, don't do it. It ain't worth it. I've already seen people go to jail for it. Dealers, get your head out of your you-know-what and start to pay attention because people are going to go down for illegal lending practices. Tommy's got a question. Thank you, Matt. Tommy's got a question for John here. But before he says that, there's something that came in on social media that just piggybacked right on what Matt said. And, and of course, Matt 
did, couldn't have had time to see this, but someone was saying, you know, and I, here, listen, I'm a, we're in sales, guys, all right? So we got to understand that we're in an industry where if sales is not happening, you got management screaming or owners screaming, going, hey, deals, we need deals, we need deals, guys. Because keep in mind, that's what Matt said keeps us in business. So someone did put out there, some of this happens because management screaming, we need deals. I mean, that's no excuse. I'm just saying that, you know. Um, Desperation. Yeah. And it, again, that's no excuse. So I think it starts from the head down. Fish stinks from the head down. It starts with leadership, just like Matt said. And, uh, you know, so I think there's some retooling. But go ahead with your question for uh, John. There. Yeah, John, um, you came from the dealer and third-party portal space, correct? So you have a solid yeah. view on the dashboard of what's happening in, in the industry. Is there something that the dealer needs to know when it comes to the changes ahead in credit and finance from Equifax's perspective? Well, I think a couple of the items came up, uh, you know, as it relates to POI, I think what we're looking at is um, what it actually means to the loan base out there and, and looking at it in terms of just the verification of income and employment and noticing that there are dynamics within that in terms of tenure with a particular employer and so forth that are, that are uh, certainly determining factors into whether the, the loan's viability um, as it relates to overall, I, I think, you know, getting back to the beginning of our discussion, I, I think providing credit transparency much earlier in the process ultimately gives the dealer a higher conversion ratio because you get the consumer much earlier on the right car. Um, I think that becomes a stickier customer because you've reduced some of the pain points at the dealership that we hear of all the time, whether it's time spent at the showroom level or in the F&I office. And ultimately, I think overall, uh, providing that credit transparency earlier in the process um, can really cure a lot of the ills that we've been talking about here and, and really even eliminate possibly some of what Matt was talking about. And, and just, again, from a leadership standpoint, um, putting that finance discussion up front in the process and eliminate and, and insulate yourself as a dealership from any shenanigans that are that are possible in the process. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, we got a we, time. We're out of time on the first panel, and then Matt, man, thank you for joining us in, in Texas. Uh, Don, thanks for man r r grabbing uh, and, and hooking us up with John from Equifax uh, to get him on the show today. I think that this is we're, we're seeing tons of interaction. This definitely merits us another panel, another show because uh, we're getting a lot of feedback right now, and uh, dealers are weighing in on it big time. You've been talking about it for a while. Don, and uh, I recommend that you guys uh, look up the blogs and the articles on Dealer Solutions and different uh, places where Don O'Neill's written about the Day of Reckoning and uh, read about it. Don O'Neill, Johnny G, Matt Lasco. Hey, Tony, will you hang with us for a couple of minutes? Because I think you might fit Absolutely. into this next panel if you want to. Johnny, Absolutely. can I call you Johnny G? Tony G, baby. Johnny G with uh, a VP of uh, dealer services at Equifax, um, Don O'Neill, Matt Lasco. Gentlemen, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we look forward to having you guys back very soon. Appreciate it, David. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tony D is going to hang out with us for a few minutes here because uh, the next the next panel, Tommy, is uh, slightly uh, obviously different here, but it's still going the F&I direction, and I think uh, Tony will Tony's going to have a leg up because he's he's already warmed up. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's he, ready to go. He, already, already, he, was, he was doing one of those laps. And then, like he's about to hit the finish line, and and then or the start line, and everybody then the, then the thing goes, and he's already friggin' running. <laughs> One of those deals. 
Are we doing a, what are we doing? Are we doing a break? No, we're just talking. Oh, we're going right back we're, into it? We're, we're, random thing. Hey, listen, See, don't, this is why you're, you're tweeting like crazy, but this pro. we don't want you to stop. We want you to keep going. Uh, hashtag Auto Deal Alive. And we're going to keep this subject going uh, along the lines of F&I. We've got um, an incredible group of, uh, of a panelists here um, again. And uh, this is this is kind of keeping along the lines. We're having such a good time talking about this particular discussion uh, over the last uh, few months. Um, not exactly along the same lines, but of course it is somewhat on the uh, process of the F and I. Um, it's it's really gaining a lot of traction, and I think that some of the uh, some of the uh, guests might have heard a little bit of this past. Uh, discussion, and we'll start with uh, Tony D when we come come on live here. Mike, just give me the thumbs up when everybody's on, and uh, and we're some let, of uh, the. Well, you want to do some of the activity yeah. at time? Yeah, Go ahead and read. Kevin something. Campbell says no POI call, <clears throat> just makes it easier to get the deal funded. Fewer <clears throat> steps, easier cleanup. Kevin Campbell's with Sandy Sensing Automotive. Yep. Um, we had uh, Chris Bennett said, "I'd love to talk to this guy." I'm not sure who he was talking to. I retweeted him. He said, I love to talk to this guy. He's making my fingers type too much. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Chris, Chris Bennett's a general to. manager in uh, Pennsylvania. Chris, Chris, let us know who you're talking to. Maybe we can get you guys hooked up. Um, Mike, the car guy. Building long-term business is a tough model for folks that have been brought up in the car biz. Is a today The car business is a today business. Candace Crane. Mike Carrera is uh, with a Ford uh, dealership in California. Government, government agencies to push vehicle lenders to require POI to determine can af- you, can you afford the car. Interview becomes more important. Hmm. Candace Crane is going to be with us here shortly. Um, Curtis Snyder, when is New Car Mark getting his own segment? I don't know who New Car Mark is other than on Twitter, man. I'd love to talk to him. Let's go. Let's roll, New Car Mark. New Car Mark. Holler NCM. At, yeah, holler at, I mean, at who, IPD. Who the heck is it? Who the heck is it? He can't have a show unless he talks. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm excited. Bring it, don't sing it. You know what I'm excited about? I see his face over in the corner. I see Shaka's going to be on the phone. Oh, Shaka. Shaka's I about Shaka to bring. needs to have his own show because not for nothing, that guy uh, gets me ramped up. I know Danny Danny should have his own show. Danny <laughs> does have his own show. I know. Really? I was joking. Oh. That was hey, the joke in it. It was built in. I want to see his face. But All right. The know. next up is panel two, and uh, we've got carryover from panel one. We have Tony D. I'm going to give him a proper intro here. Tony D, he is with the service group. He is a F&I trainer. This guy is a freaking amazing uh, finance smart guy. guru. Smart, smart, guy. smart guy. I love Tony. Um, and if you meet him in person, man, you can't help but just like him. He's just a freaking likable guy. Candace Crane, principal consultant, Crane Automotive Resources. We have TJ Stewart, automotive account director at CarsDirect.com. Shaka Dyson, founder and CEO, dealer F&I University. Also, uh, formerly, uh, he ran a huge group of, uh, of F&I uh, with a big dealer group, and we'll keep it at that. Everybody pretty much knows who Shaka is. And uh, Danny Benitez, general manager of Greg Lair uh, Buick GMC in Texas, also the host of Who's Your Danny on Autotainment Network. And uh, so we've got a great panel here. Lady and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm not sure how much you guys got a chance to hear uh, what we're talking about. Tony, I'm going to start with you because you were on the panel, and a lot of this may not be what we want to carry over. But if you had to carry over something that this group would maybe want to talk about to start things off, what would it be, Tony? the end talking a lot about we need a deal, we need a deal, we need a deal. Mm-hmm. And some of it was talking about secondary finance. You know, the amount of times that uh, whether it's myself or some of my teammates with uh, the Academy here at Service Group, we'll go into dealerships and we'll go look at dead deals. We will go find dead deals and we'll start going through them and start working on approvals. And one of the things years ago, uh, 08, 09, 08, 09, 2010, mm-hmm. 
I spoke at NADA and I had a workshop and it was called uh, a credit score is not F and I. And we have an entire uh, group of uh, business managers, sales managers, GMs, GSMs for that matter, that grew up on a credit score and all they see is a credit score on a credit bureau. And we've been doing a lot of work uh, here. In fact, we were working with a dealer group recently. In fact, we had our dealership development summit in San Antonio yesterday where we're working with sales managers and business managers on how to actually structure a deal properly and how to look at the bureau and, and dive deep into it and understand all the different codes. And if they had a problem, when did they have a problem? Get a story about that problem. Look at a job time residence payment-to-income ratios, so we can put deals together that aren't necessarily secondary finance deals. In the market today, especially in pre-owned vehicles, everybody has their vehicles marked and priced across the Internet and all their ads. Well, this turns into a secondary finance problem because they try to raise the price to cover the fee. Well, that's a UDAP violation right there. Uh, the finance companies object to just uh, charging the fee to the customer because they don't want to break the usury laws, although it is a prepaid finance charge, and all those fees should be in box number two of the Federal Truth and Lending boxes on the retail installment sales contract. But we've been working with dealers on how to look at deals and customers, even on low fives and even upper four credit scores, and we are finding ways to get primary finance companies to pick up these deals because we're structuring them right, we're finding out the right information, we're capturing all the information up front ahead of time. So when you look at the, the mining, uh, somebody brought up trying to get somebody out of a secondary uh, deal earlier, and I think it was Matt brought up, you know, if we can get more of these customers to go primary, they're building better equity, they're reestablishing their credit, but it allows us to create a whole different level of stickiness with that customer, that we become the saviors at the dealership and they'll continuously come back and buy cars from us. Something else, um, some of our factories, uh, I'm going to use Ford very specifically, they are more willing to do a lease, or, uh, do an approval on a lease with a customer than on a standard finance. So we're even encouraging uh, where this may go secondary finance, uh, low credit score, derogatory uh, things on the Bureau. Let's commit it on a lease on a focus, once we lock in at some form of approval, we can work it from there. And again, chances are it may not be the dream car they came in looking for originally, but it might be a new or a newer vehicle, more factory warranty, availability of a service contract, but we can get them into a better position so their car buying experiences can be better and, and more fruitful in the, in the future. But it creates a whole different level of stickiness with our customers today. So. Don't just look at the credit score. We've got to dive deeper into all the information on the Bureau, understand the finance company structure. And again, leasing is a great there A lot of our finance companies are willing to do a lease faster than a standard purchase. Okay, let me let me just let me uh, go this direction in with uh, TJ here, Stuart. Um, and, and, and so you heard everything, TJ. Thank you for being on the show. I know uh, uh, Kevin uh, Campbell, I believe, introduced us to you. And um, how does everything that Tony just talked about, okay, get done with an online process only? I mean, in other words, and I know that some of the guys here, Candace is going to be a proponent of this, and obviously, but I know Shaka and some of these guys are going to weigh in on this, but how does all of that, I mean, that's a lot of stuff right there, okay? 
How does that get mm-hmm. done? Because you're a proponent, obviously, you're with Cars Direct, and you're saying this whole process can be carried online. Am I correct? You're absolutely correct about that. And first, let me say thank you guys for having me on the show as well. Um, a lot of what Tony said is correct, and, and the problem is, is that a lot of dealerships don't know this. Um, they, they look at a credit bureau and say, okay, well, this guy's a 560 score, throw him out. But they're not looking at the fact that the guy is 49-0-1-0 and just has zero, zero evolving availability. And that's why he's scoring so low. The guy can still buy whatever he wants. And that kind of ties right into what Tony said about the credit score doesn't tell the whole deal. Um, with the customers nowadays and them going online and looking for help with financing, you know, it's very easy for them to put in things like tenure on the job, how long they've been on the residence, what their income is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you have many companies out there who will place them either with the right dealerships or with the right lenders. And it kind of goes from there. Shaka. Well, sure. I mean, both of them are right. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Sure, it can all be done online. I mean, a, a customer can go online all day and fill out a credit application and, and get qualified and fax over email or even text in, is take a picture and text in the steps uh, that the banks will require and get the references and have the paperwork shipped out to them and the car delivered to them. I mean, sure, it, it can all be done that way, sure. I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, and putting together a secondary deal, it's, it's it's, um, it's like Tony said, you know, it's realistically all about the structure. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, the banks look at one of three, three, one of three things. They look at credibility, ability, and stability. So the credibility, what's the person's creditworthiness? You know, they may have a low credit score, but what's the body of life? You know, uh, bad things happen to good people. What happened? You know, there's typically, when you have somebody that's paid good forever and all of a sudden has a low score, there's typically something that's uh, an event that happened in their life, a death in a family, a death in a, of a spouse, mm-hmm. um, a loss of a job, something of that nature, you know, um, an injury, something that put them in a hospital, some type of disability, you know, ability, you know, do they have the income? Um, what kind of income do they have? Do they budget for the certain type of vehicle that they're looking like, uh, looking at? And, you know, uh, stability. How long have they been at their job? How long have they been at their residence? Are they a flight risk? You know, so banks look at a, a various uh, multitude of things. So uh, it, it is about the structure. It's about the ability, credibility, and stability in order to put um, the, uh, a secondary deal together. You know, and the type of vehicle depends on... You know, it's like Tony said, you know, everybody's the lowest price out there. They all got them advertised with Google and Craigslist and whoever. So it's about buying the vehicle right and buying the vehicle back far enough and back a book that you can withstand a fee that you may get from a bank so that the bank does take the risk uh, and uh, does a, does approve a car loan for a customer. Hmm. Danny Benitez, what are you doing, buddy? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. How's it going? Tell. The beer's looking fantastic. Thank you. I was going to say yours is as well. Um, I don't know if you, Thank you. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not my, it's, you know, but a little, a little beard oil goes a long way. Hey, um, why don't you weigh in brother? I know we've, you've probably been on for a minute. You've heard a lot of content. What do you, um, what are you feeling about the subject yeah. matter today? I agree with what I've heard. And, and the thing I'd like to add is that, you know, we have to remember the human element of this. You know, we've, we've used terms like hang paper, paper hanger, uh, <laughs> or this person buys paper so on and so forth, but you know what, in, in the finance department as well as any other department of dealership, we're dealing with human beings, and we don't hear the words assist or help or serve enough when it comes to finance. Uh, Brown Dobb is a 
uh, a very successful dealership that does a lot of secondary. They have, uh, they have a, a website that just simply starts out with let us help you. There aren't prices. There aren't these things. Let us help build your credit. Let us help get you, uh, get you started on the right track. And then they work with them, and they consult with the customer, and they take them down the road of reestablishing their credit. And they're more receptive. It's a better retention tool. They want to go back to the dealership to help them get back on their feet. So I, I just want us to remember the human element, and Candace is going to bust in when I say the word human because she's, uh, she's great. And, and really, she talked about human capital and the, the real lives behind all these uh, statistics and, and processes and things that we do in, in uh, finance. But uh, I think if we keep in our minds and our hearts that we're here to serve people and we can do that, we can create a relationship with these people, uh, they're going to be very, very agreeable when it comes to things like finance. So. Well, before you do weigh in, Candice, let me ask you this, because, I mean, I, I always come back to um, and maybe the, the type of marketing that we do with the hundreds of dealers we work with, 85% of it is, is centered around subprime. Okay, so I'm just, I just know that when dealerships do our programs, the ones that are successful have typically a very good subprime person. And I hear dealers say, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the right subprime person. And then I ask dealer friends of mine over the years, what does that mean? And they tell me, well, it means that somebody takes the time to build the relationships, takes the time. You know, and, and, and most people don't want to take the time to do that. And if you get a really good one, not only can they do a good job, but they can make a lot of money and make the store a lot of money and get people done that other people can't. And it takes relationships, blah, blah, blah. Candace, I, I just I have to ask this question. On a volume level, how does taking this process online, how does it, how does subprime fit into that mix? I'm not talking about one here, two there, as a, on a volume level. How do you, how do you propose that, or do you, is that something totally different to you outside of the spectrum of of F and I and what you're talking about of of change? So there's two two answers to that. The first one is. In my opinion, you have to be set up for subprime to do volume in subprime, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a good example of this is Carvana is backed by Go Financial, which is Drive Time's financial institution. Mm -hmm. they, they're the leaders in the subprime game. They know how that model works. They're very effective at it. And as a result, they've been able to uh, assist Carvana in building a, an algorithm in their technology that allows them to identify who they can lend to, you know, to appropriate risk and um, transact appropriately. Now, as that relates to a, uh, a dealership, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't know if that can work. Um, I, I do think that you have to either be 100% in that game or not. But, you know, what I will tell you in listening to the first segment, um, I just want to say this, I think this has been a really good show, but the themes that I'm hearing are transparency, collaboration, relationship building, and long-term thinking. You know, I think that all of the people on the first panel did an excellent job of, of repositioning some of the struggles in the industry and, and really focusing on the fact that we need to get back to the basics of building the relationship, putting the customer first, putting them back in control, um, and, and being that being collaborative so that we can continue to retain them as customers. And ultimately, if you think about the model that we have today, it's incredibly disjointed. Um, it's long, it's arduous, and our customers don't like it. And, and they're becoming smarter, and they're challenging us as you know, the automotive industry to figure out a way to do it better. And I think that we have to really, really consider blowing up the model as it exists today. There's too many steps in figuring out how we can empower 
our customer-facing employees, the sales reps, the ones that we want to retain, that we want to be building relationships with the customers, how do we give them the autonomy and the empowerment to build more depth and strength in that relationship um, rather than passing the customer on to a whole bunch of people that, you know, to be honest, I mean, the my managers, in my opinion, I don't care what we say about their incentive being incentivized to build relationships. They're not. They're being incentivized to get the deals done and to make a whole bunch of money. And they're doing very well at it because they're averaging $150,000 a year. So until we, you know, address those challenges, I don't see how we can focus on um, the long-term customer relationship building. Tony, I mean, <clears throat> Tony Shaka, I mean, is, is Candace the Donald Trump of the auto industry here? She, I hear, I hear, okay, hey, we got to bust the system up. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? But another thing is this, Tony, I still want to have more of a clarity, and maybe you or Shaka can weigh in on the subprime thing, because the way I look at it is, I mean, look, people don't, people don't talk about it. I mean, like, I've, <laughs> I've had dealers that I deal with, and I'm sure they're making pretty good money, you know, go, hey, I got one of your mailers. You know, I'm like, well, probably because you got a 550 credit score. You know, I mean, you're thinking that in there in your head, you know, and, and, and but my point is, is that a lot of people in America have credit issues. So if we don't tackle that, my question is, how do we how do we grow? I mean, if it, you know, because I mean, the bottom line is, man, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that have credit issues and a lot of them make good income. Tony, you want to weigh in at Shaka? One of you guys want to just, I mean, because I think that that's a specialty that we can't ignore that dealerships for too long, you know, go, I think they're, I think they're going to become irrelevant. I mean, Matt, we had Matt on the first panel. I sat with Matt. He does almost a million dollars a month in, in net profit in secondary finance. I mean, in, 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 I mean, the guy's a, a beast at that. I mean, and so that's, you know, and, and he's in Fenton, you know. So, Tony, I'll let you weigh in on that. Well, the secondary finance market does have a certain ebb and flow to it, and and it's increasing. We've seen some numbers where it's increasing. We've seen some numbers where it's decreasing, but not all dealers are prepared for that market. We find a lot of dealers don't even want to mess with that market because, for the most part, they don't know how. Mm-hmm. With the fees that are involved with a lot of our secondary finance companies, the dealers don't have the ability to absorb that fee, and they don't know necessarily how to address it. And like I brought up earlier, working we've been working with uh, dealer groups. You're talking about the VIGs, part right? Of our, and part of our dealership development series going around the country is having sales managers and business managers understand credit, understand how to read a bureau, how to dive into it. The other big piece of it is understanding the structure. And, again, I know that Candace is a strong proponent of what I call a hybrid model, and I am a very strong proponent of a hybrid model because the F&I product sold in that type of F&I system is dramatic. It, it borderlines on you do not believe the impact it will have. And we've taught, uh, we've taught hybrid for years uh, in, in different organizations around the country. But having that specialty secondary person does it, is it needed in some dealerships? Absolutely, based off of volume. But when our sales managers, if they have F&I experience or they understand deal structure, how to look at a bureau, how to structure a deal, how to put the customer on the right vehicle, and we're talking about putting the customer on the right vehicle for the submittal to the finance company. doesn't mean that's the vehicle they're going to be driving out in today, but just understanding that is dramatic. And again, we do find a lot of dealers are not capitalizing on that market. And the dealers that are, well, they're seeing 
gains in their market share, obviously, and their net profitability. So, Shaka, what do you say about this, my friend? Well, you know, it, it's it's twofold, man. You're, you're right in the in, in the. You got to take the right approach. Got to have the right structure, the right car. You have to have the ability to look at credit, like we just discussed. Um, there's always more to it than what the credit bureau shows. You know, there's always a story behind it. Generally, um, you have to have that uh, that that F and I I an ability to put to get, put together a deal for someone who has subprime or who has subprime credit. You know. Um, the market is growing, uh, as goes the economy, as goes jobs, as goes the, the, the subprime market, you know, and it's growing and it's becoming bigger and bigger. And that's why you're having a lot of secondary dealers pop up, the drive times, the JD buy riders and all these independent buy here, pay here to say, hey, we'll guarantee your approval mm-hmm. uh, because the market is growing so big. Now, that's 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 where I agree now. Now, you know, I, if anybody wants to revisit blowing up the S&I department, you know, and that whole theory about, you know, get rid of S&I managers and put it all back on the show floor, we could certainly revisit that. But that's a, that's a, that's a great theory that, that that's going to happen and generate a massive amount of money and it's going to be as profitable as it ever been, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, again, you know, uh, Peter Pan's a great story as well. I mean, so, you know, uh, unless you've actually – been in there and rocking and rolling, and, and unless you actually had the schooling, that, unless that's your area of expertise, to you it's just a theory, you know, versus somebody who has lived it, who has lived it for years and years, and who has had an auto group that depended on being an expert at exactly what they do. You can Anybody can generalize what the S&I managers do. Anybody can talk about the money that they make. You know, it's not just the F&I managers that make money. I know plenty of salespeople that make money. I know plenty of GMs that make money. I know plenty of sales managers that make money. This is the automotive industry. And so it's about taking care of customers. It's about growing your ability to be efficient. It's about growing your F&I IQ, becoming becoming uh, a better customer advocate, building your F&I muscle, and doing it better. But, but with all that said, getting rid of it is just not a reality. And so, you know, I, I agree with the, with the secondary approach. You know, you have to know how to do it. Um, there's plenty of training out there that can teach you how to do it. Um, but, uh, and that's the approach that we're going to have to take as far as secondary is concerned. Well, we, thank you, Shaka. And, 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 and so we're going we're gonna to let you guys all comment on that as we, as we get ready to wrap it up here. So, TJ, I'll go to you. You heard Shaka. I mean, you've been in the retail side as well, but I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on what he said? Because I mean, he has a point there, and I think that a lot of dealers are nodding their head right now as well. And 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 so so comment on that, maybe uh, give us your insight, TJ. I agree with him a hundred percent. You get a lot of people who have theories and thoughts on what they should do with the process of a car dealership, and from what I've experienced, and from every car guy that I know, it's usually from someone who has never been through that process. They've never, they've never been on the line. They've never, you know, went out and closed a deal. They've never desked a deal. They've never typed a deal. You know, it's all hearsay. And I feel like those are the most important components into making the deal structured correctly, which is what all of us are ultimately looking to do. Um, Finance is is probably the most important part of it because I can make as much money in the world on the front and, and, you know, put warranty and gap in the deal before it gets to the back. But if my finance guy can't get that deal bought, I'm going to see that customer again in two weeks and explain to them, while I'm sending them out in their old car. So I I agree. Finance is is imperative. Um, I think overall it's going to be 
a, a challenge for a lot of dealerships to master making money and taking care of the customer. I don't think taking care of the customer equates to not making money. I, I really don't believe Agreed. that. Yeah. I, I think there's a I think there's a common ground between the two. I think yeah. there are ways to make your your three, four, or five grand deal and still have them come back with referrals and. And like I said, that's specifically based on my experience in the car business and what I've done because I feel like that's my expertise and why I succeed on the vendor side. You know, there are a lot of different components to it, but removing finance is not one of them. Candace Crane. Well, it's, I mean, I, I really kind of feel bad for you guys because I, I hope that at some point you can work with some innovative progressive dealers who have done these things because it isn't just a theory. It is actually in practice at not just the group that I work for, but other dealers. I mean, Sonic is, is practicing this as well. Um, and, you know, just to clarify, blowing up the mo- the traditional model does not mean eliminating F&I. It means separating, taking what the traditional F&I manager does, separating those responsibilities. So on one hand, you have the responsibility of getting that deal bought, and on the other hand, you have the responsibility of selling the, the products and, and ensuring that the customer is satisfied. And if you pass off that second part back to the sales rep and you specialize a, a small grouping of people who are paid a fraction of what their traditional F&I managers are make, making today, and you empower them and you, and you train them on how to interact with the banks and build that relationship with the banks, it does work, and it works much more effectively, and it's much cheaper. So find me a dealer that doesn't want to reduce their new and used car expense as a percent of growth to 152 and 20%. In comparison, 26.9 and 32.1, and I'll agree with you that, that this isn't something that's going to happen. But, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the finances. So, you know, again, I, I would encourage both of you guys to find some innovative progressive dealers who are trying these things because it does work. All right. I'm sure, I'm sure it works. I'm wow. not taking away from the fact that it works. You know, unfortunately, guys. Hey, hey, hey you know what? You know what? Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Let me, let me, let me address that. Sure. Let me, let me address that. I'm with you, you know, and I think that they bring me subjects up because they know how I feel. But here's the deal. You can feel sorry for me all you want to. I'm with you. I, I encourage you to do so. However, you don't need a resume. You need a track record. So I'm not the one that needs to find a dealership. You're the one that needs to find it. And the reason I tell you that is because I I'm from the trenches. It. What are you talking hang about? On, hang I on, hang on. I'm from it. the trenches. I'm the, I've been in the grind. I've been in the trenches. I've been in the, the one in there handling business. I have not been a vendor. I have not been a trainer, so I'm not the one that needs to find a dealership. I know that there are dealer groups that are trying this theory. I'm with you, and I hope it works for you. However, if you can go out there, you can encourage the entire automotive industry to do it, man. God bless you. More power to you, but I don't think you Good. Talk to me in five so years. Talk to me. Let's talk again in five years. Find a, dealer to find a dealer that works. So if you feel sorry for me, I feel sorry for you. Okay. So, so, I'm, so I'm, all I'm saying is I'm encouraging, I want to encourage you guys to open up your mindset. You can, you can have your own personal opinions, but don't make it personal for me talking about what you feel sorry for. You don't need a resume, you need a track record. And I promise you, my track record will, will measure up to anybody you know, I promise you that. You're right, it does. I'm not saying, this isn't something personal. So don't come at me with you feel sorry for me. I respect your opinion, but don't come at me like that. I'm out on that. Okay. I would encourage both of you that are very passionate about the fact that you don't believe this model can work because you believe it to be theory. It's not theory. It is in practice. So I would encourage you to find dealers that are executing this model and, and learn from what they're doing because it can work. It can work. 
So to be but there are a lot of different formulas to things working, but I mean, say, stating that Sonic is practicing it, I mean, they're they're practicing it, and you just named one group out of hundreds of major groups throughout the country. I mean, we're not we're not talking about AutoNation or 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 you know the Hanky Group okay, or anything Lexus, like that. Lexus is implementing a one person. Lexus is trying. Lexus just implemented a one person selling model into their test stores. The Walder Automotive Group has this exact model right now in Minnesota. And I know that there are other groups around the country that have a version of a hybrid finance model. Right. So there, 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 are, there are lots of things. I would find those people and learn from them because there, there is progression in this industry. And whether you want to admit it or not, the evolution is happening. Progression is happening. So well, I would it works. It just may not work for it. just may not work for everyone. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, and I, yeah. And I and, and I want to say just one thing here too, and I appreciate all of you guys uh, your opinions on this because I mean and it, we should be passionate about this because I mean so you're talking Shaka who 45 Shaka 50 F and I managers that work for you 60, I mean 60, 65 65 so I mean you know obviously you know there's a lot of passion there and I'm thinking not only from a money standpoint but I would think knowing knowing Shaka like I like I do you know hey that's 65 uh, families. You know, 65 husband and wives or right. 65 kids. There and so, you, you know, there's 65 jobs. There's there's this and, and that. and and But at the same time, you know, um, it, Candace is very passionate about this. But, Danny, it, and one of the things I'll bring up, again, I'm, I'm just down the middle, but i got to throw this out there because I just think of this, Candace, when, when we talk about practicing and talk about Sonic. One of the things about um, using, like, AutoNation and some of these big groups as an example, Danny, um, that, you know, other things that they did. I remember some of the old desk guys, some of you guys that have been doing this for a long time, some of the old desk managers that used to, you know, really car guys that got out of the car business when some of the corporate, you know, comp- you know groups begin to bring in, like, non-car people to run it and bring in, like, you know, right. other business individuals. Right. Well, what happened was not only did the car guys get out, but if I, re- if I remember correctly, you can look at like Ward's Top 100, you can look at certain numbers, even though they had more stores, sometimes double the stores, their gross profit was lower than, than, than a group that five times smaller than they were. You know? so, so, I mean, you know, so there's a lot of like, things, and I'm not saying that from the F&I, but I'm talking about I, I got I to think that some of those car guys mattered. So there's a, there's a lot of back and forth on this. So sometimes you can shoot yourself. You know, in the foot, you know, when, when you think you're, you're when you think you're trying to do good. I'm not saying that this is that, but I'm just saying that that's an example. Sometimes when you use some of these uh, these groups, because there's something special about the car business. There just is. And there's something unique about the car business. I, I've it's often said that that Bill Gates, you know, could invent the freaking banging, banging product that's going to just te- technologically sell cars. And if he can't sell a car guy. No one's going to buy it. <laughs> you know, he comes in trying to, trying to, because it's just a unique animal. But anyway, Danny Benitez, uh, give us your closing remarks here, and then we'll go to Tony D. And <clears throat> Sure. Uh, I, think, I think the two most dangerous words in our industry are always and never. Uh, I think we, yeah. we get so many generalizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started the business, and anybody's been in business for a while, it's heard there's an ass for every seat. And, there, you know, there's a process for every dealership. And what works at certain places doesn't work at another place. You've had debates on this show about one price versus traditional. We've t- talked about Sharpies versus printed deal sheets. You know what? Here's the important part. Have a process and have a vision and have a culture for your dealership and then execute it. Because you see the top Toyota dealerships in the country, some of them are one price. Some of the best Ford dealerships in the country, they're, they're traditional. Uh, I know First Texas Honda, who Tony D's worked with, 
great process. They use a hybrid system. There's other people that wouldn't dream of the hybrid system that are killing it. So really, I, I think my closing remarks are keep your mind open. Things are changing in this business. And if we will keep our minds open and our ears open and we'll listen to the customer and find out that there is a group of customers out there that want a quick process and they want to do it online and they want out. They don't even want to step foot in the dealership. And there's still people that want to take their time and go through the process. So uh, I would say let's eliminate always and never from our vocabulary and know what we don't know and be prepared to learn, understand, adapt, and I think we'll all be more successful. I love the heated debate. It's great. Hallelujah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think. Can I get uh, an amen? We got Danny coming in. It's like yeah. the, he's like the, the, the voice he's of like, reason. He's like, everybody just calm down. He's like the big brother. He's like, you're both in. right. He goes, you know, the, never and always. You know the two words, you know. He's the best. He's Left selling, and right he's selling everybody. He's <laughs> but the you best know, salesman here. I love the passion. You know, I I like the debate. I mean, I understand that we're in a show, and and sh- you know, uh, but you know, I love the passion, and I, I I want you to understand that 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 I see. Sh- I know Shaka's passionate, and I know Candice are passionate, but yep. it's it's passion, and I think that's what challenges us to change in any way, man. So I mean, I just I just appreciate that, guys. I really do. Well, and, I, I I appreciate her opinion. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate her. I hear opinion, that. But I, but. but um, and, and I very much respect it, but but you know don't 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 sway over into that personal line. Don't sway over into that personal side. You know what I mean? Just right. keep it keep it all in your opinion and all in what the way you view it. And and everyone who watches the show will understand that it's the way you view it. Right. You know. Okay. Good. Amen. And then uh, Tony D will give you uh will give you some closing remarks here, sir. Well, it, there's so many different ways. Matt Woods, director. Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, service group. Got anything for us? Yeah, just want to go on record. I don't feel sorry for anybody. Do what works for your customers <laughs> and keep evolving. That's a baby. <laughs> Love it. He, 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 He's running he for office. Yeah, right about the time Shaka was way fired up. Um, uh, I'm going to actually echo. Uh, first of all, appreciate the invite to, to come on ADL uh, today. It, it's always a pleasure to uh, work with you guys and, and always get into some of the fun. Uh, debates that are going on, and uh, uh, always like uh, playing with uh, Shaka and Danny and Candace. We always seem to be running against each other, uh, or running across each other in these. Um, uh, almost kind of what Danny brought up, and actually Matt just brought up as he vaporized on us, is we got to find what's going to work best for the dealership. Uh, one of the things that we do here at the Academy is we do assessments of dealerships, and we'll make recommendations based off of what we know in the thousands of stores that we've worked with in the past of what is going to work best, whether a hybrid model, a traditional model. Again, I heard Danny bring up like one price, traditional pricing, grid payments, uh, leasing options, forceware. There's so many different ways to go. This is not a cookie-cutter industry. And, again, uh, somebody brought up uh, Sonic trying to go to the all-hybrid model. They're having some struggles with it because maybe they don't have the exact key because it doesn't always work everywhere. But there's a lot of different options, and that's what we specialize on. If you need to find me, uh, you, can, uh, you can find me right there. Look at my ad there. You can find me at Tony D at SGISF.com. You can call my left pocket at 512-542-1669. That is our website. You can also follow me at uh, you can also follow me at uh, F and I guy at F I Update. 
not a problem there. And you can also find me on Facebook at Tony D. Just search Tony D. Austin, and you will find the slick-looking head just like Shaka's. And we appreciate hold uh, your, everybody watching this on ADL today. Awesome, man. Thank you. And hold your uh, – there you go. There you go. Dealer yeah. FNI University. DealerFIUniversity.com. And, awesome. and you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. And also you can go uh, jump on Facebook and join the FNI 20 group. Oh, almost 5,500 members. Nice. Uh, of automotive F&I professionals and GMs and, and automotive and, and dealers and bank reps uh, from all across the nation, F&I 20 Group. So. TJ, I did not know F&I 20 Group is yours, Shaka. Did yeah. you start that group? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. I think I'm a member of that. I'll have to – I'll be a little bit more active now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, we, we you know people – People uh, appreciate your perspective, man, and you're you're well respected, man. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, uh, be, that, please sir. be more active. Yeah, of course. Of Candace, course. absolutely. Candace, give us a give it, give our dealers a way to contact you, and then we'll go to TJ too. Uh, you can contact me. You can find me at Crane Automotive Resources or on Twitter, Crane Auto HR. Um, love to chat about your business and see how um, how I can help in terms of the strategy. Thank you very hey, much. Candace, my disagreement with you was nothing personal. I hope you understand that. So, you know, it's it's, it's all professional. It's nothing personal. I don't even know you, so it's nothing personal. <laughs> we will meet someday in person, and I'm sure have a very interesting conversation. Well, don't, don't punch ding, me ding, out. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> don't punch me out. She's scary. She's scary in person. She's, she's, I'm running. She's I'm running, buddy. I am running. <laughs> yeah, my whole, all of five, five of me is really scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, TJ, give us uh, give us how our dealers uh, how they could reach you. Or the audience. Uh, T- TJ Stewart, Cars Direct. Uh, you can reach me at TJ Stewart at CarsDirect.com uh, or on my direct line two one three eight eight zero five four four two. I help with not only new car advertising, used car advertising, but specifically special financing. Awesome man. Hey TJ, that? can you say that number one more time, man? I sure can, my man. Two one three. Uh-huh. 880-5442. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm going to take go, my name from, from, my, from my cell phone. Hey, before we go, uh, guys at ADL, Sasquatch and Dave, uh, I love the new look. I like the hashtag, and I love the Twitter feed always going up there. That, uh, that's pretty cool. I really like I have that. a name, Tony D. <laughs> 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 it's not just Sasquatch. I'm not just – and I wanted to show my card if I could. Costco gold member. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Good standing for two years. So All you, right. can con- you can see me at Costco getting uh, cases of LaCroix. Beard oil. <clears throat> hey, uh, real quick. Yeah, before we go, Danny, are you still on? Because I know Danny dropped off of Skype. Are you still on audio? Nope, we lost Danny. Okay, so DannyBenitez.com. Uh, also, check out Danny's show uh, every week. What does it air? Fridays. Fridays on autotainmentnetwork.com which is uh, our network that we started here. And Danny has a cool show. And uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, man, it, always it's, it's amazing. And uh, thanks, thanks again for taking time out of your schedule. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank you. thanks lady. I'm, thank glad I, I'm glad I contributed today. I felt, felt like I, this was right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was – I don't know if I've contributed more in a, in a, in a, in a show ever. This is 
Yeah. Right, right where I'm at. Right where I feel comfortable. Is that sarcasm? Yes. Is that sarcasm? Well, I mean, you got to jump in there, man. This is, like a, this is like a, like a, stuff like is a like, diving board. I, I know, well, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather just listen because I'm trying to learn <sighs> stuff. I, I'm not. These guys are That's why I called you Sasquatch. Maybe he didn't, you know. Yeah, but I've met him like in person. Like I mean, I've like several times. He's been on the show like three oh, times. Didn't, you know, like, is, uh, hey you Sasquatch, know? how you doing? Hey, uh, Sasquatch, pleased to meet you, Harry. I'm oh uh, Harry. Where I got that Harry and Henderson? <laughs> All right, man. Hey Ezra, Mike, as always, the uh, freaking sounds... Stone Cold. Look at the producers there, baby. So, That's what so, I'm talking about. How's it going? What's up, producer? Producer, uh, what's uh, Ezra? What's up, uh, Chump Chain? Snyder? I did just swing on, for the upgrade. They got hang me on the upgrade. On. Let's, let's what's up for what's up for that? What's Ezra? I'm Chump Chain? No, Ezra is also a producer. If you I check upgraded last time I was there, it's true as story. of this week, your producer's assistant. Next week, you're flying solo, so I know. you will Uh-oh. be upgraded. Next week, it's all me, guys. So <laughs> I'm sorry if everything goes wrong. It's, I apologize. Hey, we want to thank Tony D, Matt Lasco, Johnny G, Don O'Neill, Candace Crane, TJ Stewart, Shaka Dyson, and Danny Benitez. And I want to thank Tommy Elwell, aka the Sasquatch. For first of all, making a making a lot of money and selling a lot, baby. That's what I'm talking Amen. about. Number one, Praise Jesus. Number two, I'd like to think you know you guys are blowing vapor, right? Yes. I like to think. Yes. Isn't that kind of like you, oh, you're vaporing? What do you call it? Vapor. Like that was like, yeah, like vaping. Vaping. Like vaping. Like vaping. Like Hashtag cool vape life. Hashtag, vape. Hashtag that was cool three years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I'm well, pretty sure that they're, he's addicted to it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hashtag that, I'm pretty sure he stopped <laughs> smoking cigarettes, and he's 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 pretty Hashtag much addicted to it. Looking for the quickest way to get nicotine in my bloodstream. Yeah, he used to smoke, and he smokes this now. I don't think he's doing it to be. Amen. Good job. Cool. Ezra smokes uh, Ezra's Cuban cigars. Cool. Like he's a cigar man. Ezra's trying to be yeah. cool. All right. Hey. Oh we wait. Won't... So because he's a cigar man, it's cool. But because <laughs> of cigarettes, it's not. That's not. It's okay if it goes into my gums, but it's not. Oh okay yeah. If it goes hey guys, have a great day. Thank you for listening. It's been amazing. We'll see you next week. And uh, make sure you uh, tell everybody about us because we'd uh, we appreciate we love that. You. We appreciate you. Thank God you. bless you. Good night. <laughs>